about 200 years ago, most people believed in the reality of fate and invention of genius. In the Middle Ages, they used to hang paintings in the churches that showed Satan with horns and a pitchfork. In the time of the Reformation, Martin Luther, Luther felt the presence of the devil so strongly that on one occasion, he threw his paintball at him. It was accepted as fact that the devil Today, our so-called modern world leaves no room for the spirit world, no place for consideration that the devil might be working behind the scenes. Today, our Western culture teaches that reality is what you see and what you hear and what you touch. Today, evil is always and only seen as a result of something wrong, a result of
In ourselves, we are vulnerable. We are exposed. We are helpless. We are, as a helpless individual, timid. Many of you know this. We are stark all around us. We are anxious. We are fearful. We need protection. We need weapons. We cannot survive this spiritual war unless we use some sort or form of armor that is strong enough to withstand the attacks of the evil one. And the good news is that God has provided the armor needed to enable us to withstand in the evil day. He says to us, use it. Put that armor on. Take your stand in the fight against the evil one. To preach through God's word this afternoon under the following themes or points, stand firm in the armor that God provides. We will see three things. The need for this armor, the provision for this armor, effectiveness of this armor. So the first point, the need for this armor. As Christians, we are involved in a spiritual war. The war is declared by God himself in Ephesians 15 when God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall When the Lord God puts enmity, he declares hostility or hatred through the provision of the seed of the serpent. Enmity that was displayed in its fullness is when Christ hung on the cross. But it is an enmity that remains throughout all history, will be there until the last day. Satan is at war with Christ's church. He's doing all he can to devour it. There's a war going on. Now this enmity, this separation Certain ways, our identity as Christians is 
who are called out of the darkness into God's marvelous light. I wonder if that identity is seen as being delayed and then being denied. I wonder if we always know the difference between the light and the darkness, the darkness of the flesh and the darkness of Satan. I wonder if we always know when to stand against the lie and the devil. And I wonder if we do stand against the lie. The Bible tells us to be on guard. The Bible tells us that the days look to be uneven. The Bible tells us that the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, lurking in the, in the shadows like a prey trying to hunt. And if we are to survive, and if we are to withstand in the evil day, we need to know what's going on. We need to know who the enemy is. And we need to know where the battle lines are that he seeks to draw. In the Belgian Confession, Article 12 says the following about Satan and his demons. The devils and evil spirits are so depraved that they are enemies of God and of all that is good. With all their might, they lie in wait like murderers and dream of hurting all of mortals and to destroy everything by their wicked devices. That's what is happening. That's what we're up against in this spiritual war. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against spiritual hosts of wickedness. And that is far more serious than a battle of people with an army trying to conquer them. We read read it in Daniel 10, in the chapter below the sending of the angels, in Daniel, not just to comfort them, but also to help them see the trouble God's people face on earth was not all that they led them to believe. In fact, what Daniel observed with his own eyes and heard with his own ears was the deepest of darkness. In chapter 10, Daniel was in mourning on account of the situation in the kingdom of Persia. Two years earlier, in the first year of Cyrus, a beautiful Jewish exile had returned to Jerusalem and rebuilt the city and the temple. However, they were quickly opposed by the native people and the workers in their land. It is likely that Daniel heard of this and that this was the reason that God mourned over the people of Persia. Then an angel of the Lord appeared and he was so glorious that Daniel lost his strength and fell down to the ground. And the angel said something very peculiar in verse 12 and 13. He said, and he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before our God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Jesus, the angel who was speaking to Daniel, pulled back the curtains of heaven, so to speak, and showed him that the struggle of the Jews against the surrounding nations on earth was just a part of a much greater struggle that was going on. The one called the prince of the kingdom of Persia was evidently one of Satan's minions, a powerful one. He was focusing his attention on his enemies, on his demons. And this demon struggled with the angel that was sent to Daniel, keeping him from Daniel for 21 days. And it was only when Michael, one of the chief princes, an angel of God, is mentioned in Revelation 12, came to his help that he was able to get past the demon over the Persian Empire to seek a word of comfort from Daniel. And what is more, this angel told Daniel the struggle that God's people were experiencing would not be over until Daniel died. Although Persia would fall, there would later be satanic oppression in the land. What Daniel was shown in chapter 10 was that God's people would not just face defeat, and none of those hard 
let us do that as they are allowed. They were not just a clean cut and dry opposition, but opposition to the principalities and the powers and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Behind those Samaritans and other enemies was the devil himself. But that was done away with. That happened in Jerusalem.
course of the course of his work, and of course you can think of the quality of work
as we've been reading in Ephesians 1, verse 20 through 22, we have seen that the right hand of God is far above all principality and power and name and dominion. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ, and God has placed all things under his feet. And God did that, Ephesians 1, verse 22 tells us. He did that for the sake of the church, and he did that for the sake of you, and he did that for the sake of me. And he did that so Christ could pour upon us his blessings. And in those blessings, we receive the armor, the protection, and the weapons we need to be able to withstand the enemy even today. To be able to stand against the attacks of the devil. And when we are in Christ, together with him, we find ourselves equipped with the armor of God, dressed for battle. And in him, and in his power, we will gain victory. The prince of darkness, Grim, we tremble not for him. Great is he who stands secure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word, 